The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, indeed, I am back, and I know it's been a long time coming, but its I've had a lot of things happening that has prevented me from getting this show recorded, but I plan on a blitz this week. I plan on recording at least two shows this week, and so we will have probably a weekend release coming as well if everything goes as planned, which so far nothing has gone as planned. I had meant to record this show, oh, I think, like two weeks ago, uh, and I was having a guest that was supposed to be able to come with me. He wasn't able to join me the first time. Uh, he was supposed to be joining me now, and something went wrong. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Philip couldn't join me today. Today's his birthday. He's out with family, so I'm flying solo, but today we're going to talk about Haunted Mansion, the Haunted Mansion film that was had released uh, a few weeks ago. I did get a chance to see it, and also the passing of Paul Rubens, which is something I planned to talk about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have had some family things that happened uh, I won't get into here uh, that also kind of got in the way of me uh, doing the show, and that's still kind of an ongoing thing with a, a family thing. Uh, so hopefully I won't have that interfere with being able to produce any more shows. In fact, I've actually got a, uh, I'm supposed to guest star on Nerds and Jesus, a podcast coming up very soon. Uh, hopefully, I think that episode's supposed to be released on Monday. I will be guesting on that one. We're supposed to record over the weekend uh, to review the Blue Beetle movie, which, by the way, we will talk about the Blue Beetle movie on this show as well. I may even record with the hosts of Nerds and Jesus and use that recording here. I was at least reviewing the film of Blue Beetle. So I'll try to take some notes maybe when I'm watching the movie. Uh, but that's pretty much what we got going on today. We will talk, of course, very soon. The next episode, also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, Philip and I did get a chance to go after that. I may delay recording that episode until Thursday. I was going to do a double-header recording. But I'd like to have Philip on with me to, so we can talk about that movie and our members of Ninja Turtles. So we got all that coming up. But for today, Paul Rubens and the Haunted Mansion and a lot of fun things that have come on here lately. In fact, something's come on lately. What have I been watching? Uh, I finished watching Marvel's Secret Invasion. Uh, now, this is a series that has gotten a lot of criticism. Uh, I've seen quite a bit of it, and I will say, yes, this series has some problems. And there was one episode where there were some of this extreme levels of plot armor where guys with laser, laser sighting could not even hit a target. I mean, that's you got to be a worse shot than a stormtrooper. Uh, in order to uh, miss at this point uh, in one particular episode. Uh, and there are a few things that were a little silly, but, you know, overall, I, I was entertained by it, which I guess was the goal, right? Uh, so I was entertained, and you know, there's there's some holes I've seen people poking into it uh, with valid reason. And, of course, uh, one video series I like to watch on YouTube is the Pitch Meeting uh, by this one comedian, Ryan. I can't think of his last name now. But Pitch Meeting, he always does so fun movies and does things in a funny way. Well, he, he kind of does reviews or he'll, he'll, he'll poke holes at what's funny about a movie. Uh, and he had made some valid points, I would say. But, you know, I was at least entertained by it. And so, I'll, all right, so me, if I'm entertained, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as worth watching. So, yeah, that was kind of my thoughts on that. It was, it was a little 
odd at points, and uh, people, some people were criticizing that, you know, we, oh, look, we got another old, run-down, you know, hero character, because now Nick Fury is in there, and the excuse to, uh, you know, let's not rely on the Avengers at an Avengers-level threat was kind of odd. Um, and uh, another thing, at the end of the series, it didn't really resolve things very much. Um, I mean, we took out a villain, but it didn't resolve the issue. So I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing storyline or what they're planning to do with this. Uh, I mean, we still got stuff coming up. We've got a Marvel's movie, which I'm going to skip. You know, I'm I'm falling off of this because a lot of the Marvel uh, productions have not been very good lately. Um, and then occasionally you do get a good one, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which is available to stream now on Disney Plus. Uh, my wife has not yet gotten to see that. We started watching it a little bit. Uh, I saw it in theaters and did enjoy that one. Uh, we're going to have to sit down and have my wife actually watch that at some point here very, very soon. But we haven't gotten around to it. So what have I been playing? Uh, well, I'm, there's uh, two things I've listed as, as playing, but I'm going to save the one for the next one because it'll make sense for next episode. But I have been playing Just Cause 3, and I've been streaming it to Twitch and then taking those videos from Twitch and putting them on the Neverland official gaming channel. And uh, I'm not very good at this game. <laughs> You can watch me die a lot as I, I'm basically kind of going through and uh, I don't know that they really have side quests other than something that will pop up for you to go do. Uh, but I'm going and taking out military bases and um, freeing villages from this evil dictator and stuff. It reminds me a lot of Far Cry, uh, the Far Cry series where you can go and take, except for Far Cry allows you a little bit of stealth and you go and you take out these outposts. Uh, but you go all these different things. You have to accomplish a certain amount of goals or whatever on each a little town or a military base. You accomplish all these goals, and then you go uh, change it over and uh, take it away from this evil dictator guy. So uh, it's been very similar, but it is innovative and, and fun in that. And it took me a while to get used to the aiming and the controls of the game and to know exactly who are the bad guys because there's barely any color difference because they're all wearing military fatigue. You just got to go and see what color their hat is. <laughs> you know, Um so it took me a while to get the controls, but it has a fun aspect of you can get kind of creative on how you blow things up. And that's, that's kind of the name of the game is destruction, is blowing things up. And it's kind of a, just a lot of goofy fun. Uh, and it's a bit silly. And I haven't done a whole lot of the actual story. I've just been going around and blowing things up so far. Uh, and once I've done a lot of that, uh, there is an aspect of the game where you unlock challenges, like vehicle challenges to go and fly certain things or race cars or whatever. And that'll unlock a, certain abilities. And I probably will spend some time maybe doing that before I go and engage on the main story because I'm one of the ones I, I like to be kind of overpowered when I get into a main story. And there isn't really the ability to level yourself up in this other than unlocking different things by doing these challenges. So I guess I'm going to have to do these challenges if I re really want to become overpowered. But right now I'm, I'm doing all right, but I'm just dying a lot because uh, I don't think there's any challenge that's going to make me have a bit more life or keep me from getting killed. You can just get more grapple hooks because uh, one of your major things in in, uh, in Just Cause Three is this grapple hook that you can link things together or you can use it to climb things. And right now I can only have I think like two at a time. But uh, there was a challenge that I was going to try to increase that to three, but apparently maybe I haven't unlocked something. I don't know. It's something wasn't working. I was supposed to pick up this item and it was supposed to work like a magnet to grab these minerals and then I could put them in a pit, and it wasn't working. And uh, that's not the only function I've had that wasn't working. There was also, when I even looked online, uh, one certain location that I did everything to liberate it, but it doesn't work. There, it's The game's actually literally broken. But, uh, I mean, heck, we've already got Just Cause 4, and our, isn't there a fifth one out by now? I don't know. So, But they've already moved on past it, so I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be updating the game to fix any of these bugs. 
but overall, I'm still having fun playing it, and I will continue to play with it. It was just that it's like impossible to free the entire country because you're going to always have this one city that you're not going to be able to free. Uh, but overall, yeah, I, I am having some fun with that, and you can join me in that, my fun by going to the Neverland official gaming channel. So now it is time we move on to a bit of news. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, now this might, uh, this is a bit of a news, but it might be a bit of a uh, a spoiler, and it says, but this is something, I guess, two weeks ago. But uh, in, the, in the actual world of Marvel Comics with the X-Men, they had this thing called the Hellfire Gala. Uh, which has apparently changed a lot of different things, and even I, you know, I've been seeing stuff on YouTube where people were showing pictures of like Cyclops getting his head blown off. It's like violent, but apparently they're killing off a lot of these things. So it's and it says here in this article I found here on BamsMacPow.com, and uh, this came out. Uh, it says you know millions of mutants killed by this spo- you know spoilers at a Hellfire gar- Gala, but someone named Orcus has been planning to rid the world of mutants for years, and as powerful as the X-Men are, their lives are more than planning to stop Orcus. Meanwhile, their enemies did nothing but plan for the destruction of mutants. And apparently this is part of an event called the Fall of X. There's an official trailer. I doubt this is going to have any dialogue on it, but let me hit you this button here. Basically, just seeing some artwork of uh, pieces, you know, like X-Men uniforms and stuff like that, and Charles being upset, looks like. They've done a lot of different things, changing things up. Yeah, they're basically showing some following a devastating attack on the Hellfire Gala, or Gala, by the ruthless anti-mutant organization Orcus. Mutant kind has been scattered across the globe. I'm reading to you this stuff here that it says in this trailer. But despite their best efforts, the X-Men still survive. Now they're showing which ones are surviving this uh, and the, all the different, I guess, comics that are going to be carrying this storyline. Somewhere zombie-looking Wolverine here. Holy cow, what in the world? So there seems to be a lot of different X-Men books that are actually going on right now, uh, including Alpha Flight being brought in here. Uh, but it says, Slaughtering mutants at the Hellfire Gala wasn't enough. Orcus needed them off the planet. And Moira, which they've turned Moira X, formerly Mormor McTaggart, she stabs and kills, actually kills Jean Grey. Now, there's been stuff I've been seeing where wherever the X-Men are at on uh, on their different island, they have a way where if they die, they get regenerated through this weird gate thing. I ain't sure what's going on with that. Uh, so... I don't know if anybody that dies is really staying dead, but uh, Moira forced Charles Xavier to force every mutant in the world through the Krakoan gates to get off Earth. If he didn't, then Modok would kill the humans that took on the Krakoan drugs. As hundreds of thousands of mutants walked through the gates, some of them resisted Xavier's message. Among them are Kate Pride, Nightcrawler, Emma Frost, Wolverine Forge, and so many others. The ones who resisted were the lucky ones. 
So they're doing some weird, wild stuff going on right now, and I'm not going to get in and spoil everything in case you're reading that, but I'm um, like, this is the weird, wild stuff that, you know, everything's got to be a huge, massive event. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next thing, speaking of X-Men, found out a little bit about the X-Men 97 first episode. Uh, there's been a plot been shared by the producers. Now, this is, of course, the animated series from the 90s being revived for Disney+. Plus. A uh, few highlights. Uh, this is, you know, feature of course the classic line of characters that you saw in the animated series, which there are toys out. I saw at Walmart. I thought about picking a few up, but I didn't. The first episode will showcase the X Men on a mission to confront a new Sentinel threat, incorporating elements of danger and utilizing their skills to save themselves. The inclusion of new characters like Archangel, Bishop, and Sunspot, as well as the return of familiar ones like Cyclops, will add depth and excitement to the series. Now, I have not looked who's voicing Cyclops. The previous actor I've heard has passed away. But at San Diego Comic-Con, apparently they did give some plot details. Now, I don't know if I want to spoil everything, because uh, I, I don't necessarily want to read this myself. Uh, and I figure you don't want to necessarily know this. You'd probably just rather watch it. Uh, but the preview, this is interesting. Uh, the preview has featured a lot of new information about the series, such as confirming a pregnant Jean Grey, and of course the addition of Archangel and Bishop, along with Sunspot being brought in, which Sunspot, I think, made an appearance in the original series. I can't remember. Uh, so there's also a callback to the original X-Men animated series and a strong showing for Cyclops, which supervising producer Jake Costarina attributed to the strong writing. Look, I can't take all the credit, he says. Bo gave us a really good script and a really good scene and a really good epic moment that makes you go, that's why Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men. Uh, which I, that's excites me. I'm a Cyclops fan. I'm one of the people that, maybe I'm weird, but I like Cyclops, always have. Uh, I like the responsible type characters, the one, you know, that step up the heroic ones. I'm a big fan of Spider-Man because of that, you know, the responsibility he takes. Uh, Leonardo is my favorite of the Ninja Turtles, you know. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up. I, I still haven't heard exactly when this is supposed to be uh, releasing onto Disney Plus. But it's supposed to be, I believe, by the end of this year. So we'll see. But it's coming very, very soon, and I am interested to take a look to see what they do with that. All righty. Uh, this, this I expected to have more conversation going into the big news, which I mentioned the passing of Paul Rubens. Uh, originally, I guess, Rubenfeld. Uh, he was an American actor and comedian. This is I'm going to look at his Wikipedia, and, of course, he created the character of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he was part of the Groundlings in the 1970s, uh, which was a sort of a comedy troupe. Started his career in improvisation as an improvisational comedian and a stage actor. Uh, failed an audition for Saturday Night Live and then started a stage show with the Pee Wee Herman called the Pee Wee Herman Show, which was kind of the basis for what we later got as the um, Pee Wee's Playhouse. In fact, when he did, uh, how many years ago? Maybe about 10 years ago, he brought back a, a Pee Wee show that uh, I believe you could watch it on Netflix at one point. Uh, you got to see he, where he did a new Pee Wee Herman show, and it was a little bit, slightly more adult humor. It, it was kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod to the the adults, but yet still being fun enough to where you, you know, the kids could watch it, especially since kids would be maybe familiar with Pee Wee's Playhouse because it was being re-released, I believe, onto Netflix. I've had a co-worker, uh, one of our reporters, was talking about when she was a kid, uh, her parents had uh, the DVDs of Pee Wee's Playhouse, and she grew up watching Pee Wee's Playhouse from that. But uh, Rubens also popped up in Murphy Brown, 30 Rock, Portlandia, The Blacklist. Uh, uh, what was the name of that other comic book movie? The Mystery Men. He po played the spleen. Uh, very, very funny. Very, very creative. Uh, I'm going to skip over an incident in 1991. Uh, I'm sure you probably know what that is. Um, 
but yeah, it doesn't need to be brought up. Uh, I wanted to basically, after he's passed, I want to celebrate some of the fun things. Uh, in fact, like the, I remember like the first thing I saw him in was uh, the Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and I didn't know anything about the character. And I, I had an uncle that took me, and my brother and sister, to go see that movie, and just I thought it was a laugh riot. I really loved it. Uh, and I think then I'd also seen where he had popped up in a film called Back to the Beach, which I think I did see. I remember watching it, but I don't remember anything about it. It was like a return piece for like Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello because they'd made all these beach movies before. And it was supposed to be them as adults and their kids. I remember that much. And uh, Pee Wee Herman shows up to sing uh, The Bird is the Word song. So uh, a lot of different things. He even, oh, and I remember this, uh, despite being compared to other famous characters such as Herge's Tintin and Collodi's Pinocchio, I actually remember seeing him play Pinocchio. Uh, let's see if I can find a mention of this. Uh, I remember it was on HBO. HBO would do these live action fairy tale uh, shows. And uh, Paul Rubens, kind of, kind of in the vein of Pee Wee Herman, was playing Pinocchio because he, he you know, he kind of did the same voicing. Uh, and I remember watching that several times. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't remember what the name of that series. I'm looking and trying to find where it meets or it talks about this uh, here on uh, Wikipedia. You would think it would mention it. And of course, you know, he did give a launch to Lawrence Finchburn, uh, as we might remember. Uh, as Cowboy Curtis. But I can't... Oh, Fly of the Navigator. There's something else that was always fun to mention. It's Fly of the Navigator, uh, where he was a voice of, uh, of 1986 of Rex, or not of Rex. Rex was, uh, of course, Star Tours, uh, where he did that. And, uh, well, I cannot find when Fly, Fly of the Navigator came out other than 1986 and the name of his character. But he was... Uh, Man, he was like the ship captain, and I think probably that would that work for Disney might have been what helped inspire him to play Rex on Star Tours. Uh, Max, yeah, that's who it was. Wasn't he Max? Or he got the name Max. He was he just had like a uh, like a serial number, I think, initially, and then the the, the kid in the in Flight of the Navigator calls him Max to make it simpler. Uh, cannot seem to find anything about this HBO thing. I swear it existed. Uh, hopefully, maybe somebody else besides me reminds me of, or remember this. Oh, my goodness. There was even, uh, yeah, there's 1991, The Arrest. There's also some stuff between 2002 and 2004. Um, I don't really want to get into that. I, I'd, I'd hate to you know, bring up all the uh, bad things. Uh, but six year ago, years ago, he had been diagnosed with cancer and did not talk about it in public. Um, uh, following his death, a statement written by Rubens was released. That's interesting. It says, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years. I always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. Loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. For you. And I, I do want to focus on what he did right instead of some some kind of bad things. Because uh, I, I don't know how, you know, I, I don't know if these were formal charges I'm seeing in 2002 and 2004. Ah, well, it looks like he did have a collective of some stuff. Uh, yeah, hmm. Yeah. Re I'm reading this silently. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, he had a, an odd collection of things that he was, because he was, uh, wow. That's, okay, but I don't want to get into that uh, now that, since he's gone. I really wish I could find something about him playing Pinocchio on that series on HBO, but I can't find anything about it here. But I know he did. Uh, of course, we remember him be playing uh, Tucker Cobblepot. I actually see a, uh, 
a, a character name on Batman Returns where he was actually reunited with uh, the lady who played the waitress there uh, and Tim Burton's, of course, work. Oh, here's the television. Let's see. Hmm. Madam's Place Fairy Tale Theater. Pinocchio, yeah, the season three. There they go, the Fairy Tale Theater. I'm going to pull that up. Uh, fairy Tale Theater, also known as Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater, is an American award winning live action fairy tale fantasy drama anthology television series of 27 episodes that originally broadcast nationally on Showtime. I thought it was HBO, but it was Showtime. Okay. From September 11th, 1982, and until November 14th, 1987. Oh, I, man, I, this would be a, something fun to actually cover. Uh, in an episode, because I remember watching these. I wonder if it has a list of all the different ones. Oh my goodness, we had uh, Frog Prince, uh, which, I, the Frog Prince, I feel like Robin Williams might have played in that one. Hansel and Gretel, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Princess and the Pea, The Nightingale, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin, Snow White and Seven Dwarves, Sleeping Beauty, the Boy Who Left Home to Find Out About the Shivers. I think I remember seeing that one. Uh, they did a version of Beauty and the Beast, Thumbelita, and Little Red Riding Hood. Home media, apparently there was some VHS, uh, Betamaxes, and Laserdisc released. I don't know if they've ever released WED, but it doesn't look like they did. Uh, it would be really, really neat to be able to find these again. I'm going to actually hang on to this <laughs> open uh, up here on Wikipedia, and later I'm going to do some research to see whatever happened to that. But yeah, I'm glad I found that, because I was kind of feel like I was mumbling my way through this. But uh, uh, well, I want to remember all the good things from Paul Rubens, that's, and despite some uh, serious, weird character flaws, um, he did entertain us for years and made me laugh. So that's sort of like Bill Cosby. Boy, yeah, he messed up, but I've still got a bunch of Bill Cosby albums. So they're still funny. Um, it's I haven't listened to those albums, though, since that his incident. But, you know, I, I, I'd rather hang on to the positive memories. Uh, with, with a lot of celebrity people, I try not to be fans of the celebrities themselves, but I like to be fans of their work as much as I can help it, uh, provided they don't put a lot of their bad stuff out there. Some things, though, are so bad, though, that you can't get around it with uh, certain people. So uh, I don't. I just don't want to focus on it. But uh, that'll be all for news for now. Let's just move on to the trailer park. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Ah. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. All righty. Now, these are going to be slightly older trailers. <laughs> But this is called Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. I know, weird, right? I am Dr. Nandor Fodor. The world's foremost parapsychologist. I am not a skeptic. This is the strangest case I have ever encountered. A family living in a farmhouse claim a talking mongoose lives in their barn. The creature's name is Jeff. What do you think about them? Talking mongoose. The Irving family are peculiar. Did you observe this creature? No. No. I did hear it. We are going to the Isle of Man. I have almost 20 years of research in this field. You're here to see Jeff. Is the creature here? Well, because we can't see him, doesn't mean he ain't here. I see. The daughter is a ventriloquist. Dr. Fodor has a tremendous skepticism. Indeed. This is an inexplicable farce. I'd say the wee rascal's probably watching us right now. Everybody on this island has their Jeff story. Tell me yours. You and I both know there ain't no Jeff. Can you tell him to come out so we can see him? 
Is that him there? What is the Irving's motive? It strike me as con artists. We hear with our eyes as much as we do our ears. These people are lying. I think he exists. I'm certain of it. Just show yourself. I mean you no harm. Please. Jeff! Just show me that you're real. There's a call for you. This from him. H Hello? Tomorrow. Tomorrow I shall let you see me. Okay, yes, this is an odd title, Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. It's supposed to be in theaters September 1st, uh, and then available for purchase shortly afterwards. The description here on, this is a Paramount movie. It says, when famed paranormal psychologist Dr. Nandor Fodor, played by Simon Pegg, investigates a family's claims of a talking animal, he uncovers a mysterious web of hidden motives. Soon everyone becomes a suspect in Dr. Fodor's relentless pursuit of the truth. It's going to be available for buy, rent, or on digital on, on September 19th. So they're not really giving it that long, just about 18 days to be in theaters. Uh, I, I kind of want to check it out. It just sounds weird and wild and fun enough that uh, I want to check it out. So uh, I, apparently this is – people are familiar with the story. When I'm looking at the comments – one person in the comments says, I have adored Jeff since I first heard about the story, so I am so glad that other people will find out about him, too. And another person commented, Jeff the Talking Mongoose has been one of my all-time favorites since I discovered the story at nine years old. I am blindsided that this movie is being made. I am so excited for it. I am so hyped that others will learn about Jeff and the family. So, is this like a children's book? Uh, and here's someone else. Hecking Yes. Finally, if there is a true story about an encounter with a paranormal entity that lasted more than a minute, then it is the story of Jeff. My favorite part of it is that it seemed that even Jeff himself didn't quite know who he was. Yes, a random Manx folklore turned into a movie, and the cast as well. What a win. Makes you proud with gems like these to be a Manx. I have no idea what that means. So was this based off of a true story then? Or what? I don't I say I, there's a lot of things I don't know about this. All I know is that it just Looks kind of interesting, and I I, I, I want to check it out. <laughs> so we'll just keep it at that. All right, next trailer. Hobie? Hello? We have a little bit of a situation we wanted to run by you. Hobius, wow. Great to see you again. <laughs> That's what's been happening. Wow. Time slipping. Wait, time, you know that? Yeah. You've seen that? Yeah. Can you fix that? No. It's impossible to time slip in the TVA. I know, but we just saw it happen. Yeah. I've been pulled through time between the past and the present. Hello? If what I saw is true, there's nothing to stand between this world and utter destruction. Only one way to find out. A little good old-fashioned legwork. Listen, we have different styles. You're a man of action, which is fine. 
I take a more slow, deliberate, cerebral approach. It's really goodbye. It's up to us to save this place. Is this cracked? You're good. Whatever we do, we're playing God. We are gods. choose who lives and who dies make the hard choice it's in you better run war is on its way come on you're the god of mischief always have been always will be over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. October 6th, coming to Disney Plus, Loki Season 2. Uh, very weird things going on here, and of course they're they're still moving on with the same big bad that we saw in Ant-Man Quantumania with, um, well, my brain went out the window. King the Conqueror. <laughs> there we go. So King the Conqueror. Uh, they're they're advancing that story a little bit in this. So that's about all we know. You know, there's some weird stuff going on. Loki's getting ripped around different timelines for some reason and trying to find out why. While we're looking at some stuff coming uh, to Disney Plus from Marvel, I am Groot season two. I am Groot. I am Groot. Oh. from the audio because all he says is I am Groot but it's basically season two of the I am Groot uh, series of shorts which I don't recall that I watched the first set of those I need to sit down and watch those I mean they look of course just kind of cute and fun it's basically an animated series because you know although it's made to look kind of live action but it's it's basically an animated you know so uh, yeah we'll just go with that uh, but I definitely feel like I want to check that out uh, here's something that uh, I saw in front of the Haunted Mansion. If anybody of you happen to get out and see that movie, you might have seen this trailer as well. It's called A Haunting in Venice. Something scary coming. Hercule Poirot, I've found something. I've looked at it from every which way. I am the smartest person I ever met, and I can't figure it out, so I came to the second. You are up to something, my friend. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. I do not believe in psychics. Come with me to a seance. Spot the con I can't. 
Detective, you are here to discredit me, but I can talk to the dead. I'd give all I have to hear my daughter's voice. If someone wants to be heard, we are here. Listening. that you are up against something bigger than you. No! You were saying... Something in this house tried to kill me. Don't look at me like I'm a suspect. We're old friends. Every murderer is somebody's old friend. No one shall leave until I find if the living have been killed by the dead. You have been hiding here all this time. Who are you talking to? September 15th, A Haunting in Venice. And the only thing it says on 20th Century Studios' YouTube channel is, death comes for everyone. Uh, this is, uh, I believe it's an Agatha Christie character. Is Hercule Poirot? Uh, oh, but no, it has a little bit more. And when I expand it, it says, The unsettling, unsettling supernatural thriller based upon the novel Halloween Party by Agatha Christie and directed by and starring Oscar-winning Kenneth Branagh as famed detective Hercule Poirot will open in theaters nationwide September 15th. A Haunting in Venice is set in eerie post-World War II Venice on All Hallows' Eve. A Haunting in Venice is a terrifying mystery featuring the return of the celebrated sleuth Hercule Perot, now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city. Perot reluctantly attends a seance at a decaying haunted palazzo. When one of the guests is murdered, the detective is thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets. And this is the same people who did the 2017 Murder on the Orient Express, didn't see it, and 2022 Death on the Nile, didn't see it, but... Uh, I heard that Death on the Mile, uh, or excuse me, Death on the Nile was well done. Murder on the Orient Express, I heard maybe didn't turn out as well. I should probably see these though, uh, but I think they involve one of the other detective characters that Agatha Christie wrote. Uh, but this is also directed by Kenneth Branagh, and he is a great director. Uh, he's done quite a few things, and he likes to star in a lot of things he directs. Uh, I believe he directed a Frankenstein movie. I've seen him directing a Henry V that I've seen him in, and. Uh, and of course, everybody loves him from uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, he's just a great, entertaining actor. Uh, so I, I want to check this out. I, I didn't know what it was when I saw a uh, a stand up outside of the the theater when I went in to go see Haunted Mansion, and I was like, "Well, what is that? I have no idea." And then they showed this trailer. I said, "Oh, that's what this is!" Like, wow. And I, when I got home, I showed it to my wife. I'm like, "Hey, I think we need to go see this. This looks kind of spooky and kind of fun, and I like a, an interesting mystery uh, if done right." And uh, it looks like one. 
Now, here's something. Uh, there was apparently a short film, and now there's a live, a, a full-length one from Angel Studios. This is called The Shift. It's coming in December. Kevin. Kevin, Molly, hi. I didn't come over here, honestly, expecting a date, but, you know, I feel like that's where this is going. So the idea is what we have some fun and maybe we kiss. Hopefully. Fifth day, we are really a part of each other's lives. It's a real thing now. Now there's the bad thing that happens. Wait, I'm not whole. What bad thing? Nice to finally meet you, Kevin. I'm the benefactor. Where's the accident? What happened? There was no accident here. Where did everybody go? They didn't go anywhere. You did. There are countless other realities. Imagine everything you have ever wanted. A thousand versions of you in a thousand different worlds all working for me. Where's my wife? I shifted her. I can't do this all by myself. I think the truth is that you're a liar. Your goal is misery. I prefer the term chaos. I've seen a bunch of people like us out there looking for a little hope. You're still trying to find that wife of yours. You're clinging scraps of rumors. I'll find my mom. I don't think the benefactor's gonna shift you back to your wife because you ask nice. I won't ask nicely. I will find a way. What do you want from me? Work for me and get back with the woman that you love. the bad thing tears us apart. And does that sound like something either one of us wants to endure? This is uh, expected in December. Uh, and it says, In the shift, a dystopian drama and sci-fi thriller, one man is faced with infinite worlds and impossible choices when Kevin Garner meets a, nef- meets a nefarious adversary known as the Benefactor and refuses his offer of wealth and power. He must escape an alternate totalitarian reality. With survival on the line, Kevin fights to make it back to the world he knows and the woman he loves. Now, I'm not sure this is going out to theaters. Uh, it might be just popping up on the PureFlix app. I do not know. Uh, I hope it gets out to theaters. I would like to check it out, and I don't have the PureFlix app. Uh, I think that's one of them you can pay for. Uh, Angel Studios, uh, they're the ones that brought you The Chosen, uh, and they're making a lot of different films. I mean, they're the ones that even helped uh, get uh, The Sound of Freedom out into theaters. Uh, but, I, heck, even popping up here, I'm seeing a lot of stuff for uh, something called Cabrini, uh, something called His Only Son. They've got a lot of different things that's uh, popping out. Now, I'm kind of wondering what's going on. I, I'm you know, kind of falling behind on uh, Angel Studios just being super busy and putting all these different uh, films out. But I haven't really seen trailers for the other ones. Maybe we'll cover some of it at some point. I don't know, but it looks like some of this stuff is already, you know, a little bit older. But anyways, it's time to move on to some main comment, uh, con- comment, content, which, uh, you know what? I'm going to take a pause here for me to insert some ads right here. So we'll be back right after these messages. 
want to see a movie? Yeah. Any good? It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. My eyeballs could have been sucked from their sockets. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a fandom, fandom Nexus, Nexus movie review. All right, now I know I'm a little behind the eight ball on this one, and th- what's funny about this is Haunted Mansion, not the Haunted Mansion, right? So we already had the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, so this is just called Haunted Mansion. Uh, basic plot line says a single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after sc- discovering it's inhabited by ghosts. Uh, and this, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it hasn't been getting the attention I think it deserves, uh, I think the critics have been kind of mean to it, but this is clearly was a film made for fans of the attraction at a Disney park at whichever Disney park it is. It was good. I, 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 it was a lot of fan service and I really actually enjoyed it quite a bit and had a lot of fun watching it and laughing. Uh, you, you, you even get a lot of, uh, characters that are, I mean, you have, Oh, it's William Gracie. So somebody was supposed to be Gracie in here. Uh, and then you had a Mariner ghost, they have the bride, a hatchet ghost, uh, there's, oh, Phineas and Gus and Ezra, of course, I'm, I'm looking at all these, basically these characters, they had actors to portray these thing, characters, uh, I mean, they've tried to put as much stuff, even, you know, even like having the Mariner ghost, I mean, that, you, you saw that in the trailer, it's like some of the original ideas of the Haunted Mansion, but this movie tried to fit as much stuff from the rides as possible, and have it in a way that makes sense. You want to know why my Adam Leota is in a crystal ball? They explain it. You want to know why there's two different facades? They explain it. There's reasons for for everything. And it was it was just nice having it all thrown in. And one thing I observed uh, is, in, in a way, it seems like they were making a play on certain different character types that have been in fun ghost-type movies. Uh, like the the major main character that we find, we have Ben Mathias played by Lakeith Stanfield, very entertaining. But Ben is a, 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 a what's a parapsychologist? No, not well, not parapsychologist. What was he? Dang it! Well, he's a scientist, and he really was the Ghostbuster personality type. Then you had Harriet, played by Tiffany Haddish. Harriet is the uh, like a medium, and she reminded me a lot of Whoopi Goldberg from the film Ghost, and she was very funny. I really liked her. She was hilarious. Uh, really enjoyed her a lot. And you got Father Kent, played by Owen Wilson, who's kind of, of course, that joke, you know, sort of like the exorcist, who you got the priest who's in there trying to do this. Danny DeVito's character, Bruce Davis, I, I couldn't tell if there was a reference that he was supposed to be representing necessarily, but it seemed like they were representing like different character types that you would see uh, in a ghost type of movie. That's at least what I took from it. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. A lot of fun. A lot of great references to the ride. Uh, I laughed a lot of it. Uh, and I, I really wish more people would had go and check this out. And I think it might still be in theater. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out and you are a fan of the Haunted Mansion attraction in Disney Park, I definitely recommend this. It was so much fun and a, a, great, a lot of laughs and a lot of references. I feel like I've said that a lot. But, I mean, that really, to me, kind of sums up what this movie was. It was fan service. It was fun. It was funny. And I, it, was, I, it was well acted. Uh, the presentation's good. Uh, the effects are pretty good. I mean, you can tell it's computer affected. Uh, but it was nice to see the set design was truly based off of the attraction. I mean, the stretching room looks like the stretching room. The the portraits actually look like the portraits from the ride. And they're, they're, they're identical. And the stretching room portraits are the same. And you get to see some of the ghosts from the stretching room come out of their portraits. And 
the dueling ghosts, and uh, the guy swinging on the chandelier. They're all there. Uh, the only thing I think we didn't really get is a, a lot of time in the like the graveyard. Like we would have, I mean, we, I think, you know, we, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's been a few weeks that so we do get to see it, but we don't spend as much time as we did in the Andy Murphy movie. But they do get to go and look at some gravestones in a different location, and they have the little, um, I don't know if limerick is the right word, but the little rhymes, you know, that are on the gravestones, we do get to see some stuff like that as well. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, the critics are not being ha- you know, happy with it, and the, it's got low scores on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff, but... I think it's definitely worth watching. I and I did have fun. I after seeing the, the the teasers and trailers for it, you know, I did get excited. So and I went and I checked it out. All righty, but let's talk a little bit about the history. Which uh, when you hit just creak and doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, we all know that. And this and that those lines were actually used in the movie as part of the story. They had a reason for it. And uh, I found like some actual history in here. Uh, I, you know, I've got some books on this. Even I've got like an anniversary, like this, I think it's the seventy-fifth anniversary of Disney World that I've got a, a booklet of that has some stuff about it. And all these books I was thinking about pulling uh, together to look at this. But, but uh, I mean, I, I also found like a WorldOfWalt.com that has a lot of history on it. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's it's the the attraction is steeped, of course, in Americana and Gothic horror, and it's Walt Disney's one of one of his oldest ideas. Uh, and Harper Goff, of course, one of the earliest collaborators uh, and a legendary Disney artist of Disney history, and he got the original concept art that actually inspired the attraction, which uh, I think you can find online some of his artwork. It's a really neat. And Harper Goff, of course, is, did the drawings that became Main Street USA. Based, of course, on the idea of Marceline, but more of where Harper Goff was from. Uh, and, but, of course, you do. It's it's the idea of a, it's a horse and cart at the end of the road next to a gra- graveyard uh, with a bit of Walt Disney whimsy. And, of course, he said, take care of the outside. We'll let the ghost take care of the inside. The, ha- the spooky house on the hill. There's the on it, the, the the typical thing. It's, a, it's American fun and fright's idea. Uh, and this is, you know, even supposed to be that, that kind of fun of the legend of Sleepy Hollow from 1949. So he reached out to Walt Disney, reached out to another legend here, Ken Anderson, to get working on a story. Uh, and the narrative of the Haunted Mansion began to take shape. And the silly spooks were, uh, uh, it says here, were born or are they dead? Uh, of course, we brought in Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie to work on some optical illusions. Uh, Mark Davis and Claude Coates designing the attraction. And, of course, Ex Atencio writing lyrics to Buddy Baker's music for Grim Grinning Ghosts. And all these people working together. Started uh, to work on this, and of course, it first opened its door in Disneyland in 1969 in New Orleans Square, which of course plays heavily into the film. And it was supposed to be like that Louisiana mansion with a bit of a bayou flair. Paul Fries, of course, providing the narration. And uh, by the time the Haunted welcomed his first guest on August 9th, 1969, Walt had already, of course, passed away. And of course, there was a lot of difference in opinion on whether that they should Hillstaff story, whether it should have been funny, should it be scary. Ended up being a, got a little bit of both. Uh, some of the hiccups, though, there was a custodial staff at Disneyland that had an unexpected scare when they went in to clean. One of the Imagineers had left for the night. They left the attraction turned off, or so they thought. It turned out the whole attraction was set to turn on and start running when someone tripped the motion sensor. When the custodians arrived late at night to tidy up, they got quite the fright when all those grim grinning ghosts suddenly sprang to life. The next day, the Imagineers got a phone call. You can clean up in there by yourselves from now on. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's a pretty good story. Uh, so in Florida now, of course, we've, we're located in Liberty Square and not New Orleans. 
which, of course, makes a different style of architecture. So instead, of course, you know, you don't get that Louisiana mansion. We've got uh, something that uh, is New England and it's based, say, they're saying it looks out of something now, the works of Edgar Allan Poe. And apparently even some Sleepy Hollow influence is supposed to be evident. And it says, don't miss Mr. Toad in the Pet Cemetery just outside the exit. Now, this is the one that I actually have ridden. Uh, I'm more familiar, I think, uh, my first familiarity with the Haunted Mansion came from a cassette tape. And I'm, I believe I've told this story before. Uh, it was a spooky night in the Haunted Mansion, and it was a uh, a copy of the recording with uh, Ron Howard and, um, oh, wow, my brain went just right out the window. Uh, but, yeah, the guy who's, like, voices uh, Henry in the, the, the Country Bears, and he was the voice of Splinter, and he's done a lot of work on Adventures in Odyssey, but he plays the role, Peter Renaday, that's the guy's name, uh, he plays the role of the ghost host in that recording. But I got that tape. Uh, in a Disney store that was in a local mall that, you know, this this whole mall was shut down. And it was inexpensive, and it was around Halloween time. I thought, well, this will be fun to listen to. And the first time I was listening to it, I was driving uh, to pick Heather up for something or go spend some time with Heather when she lived in Kearney. So it was like a half-hour drive. So I thought, okay, well, there's a tape I can listen to in the car. And I listened to it and just enjoyed it and listened to it over and over. And now, of course, they have that recording on a CD uh, because Philip picked it up for me in the parks. But I became a fan of the Haunted Mansion from that. And then I started, you know, looking into it and finding that a lot of things that were in that tape were elements on the ride. Even the some stuff missing, though, became part of the ride, like the the um, Hatbox Ghost, which everyone calls Hattie. Uh, so uh, it's it's become a staple of the parks, and it's a very popular attraction with everything. Um and even including voices of Thurl Ravenscroft and singing with the Mellow Men as uh, the busts. Uh, just so much fun stuff going on in there. And it, like I said, this is really a very popular attraction. I don't know if I've really said anything that you didn't already know. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely one of my favorite things uh, at the park. And when I, I remember when I went to, to Walt Disney World, I was like, oh, that's definitely where I want to go. And I kind of wanted to go first, but I was like, okay, well, I don't know what else is here. Let's take the time to walk around the park and visit the other attractions on the way around to the Haunted Mansion. Plus, I didn't know how to get there at the time when I went. I didn't look at a map when I was there with my friend Josh. Uh, but once I got to it, boy, we rode it quite a few times because I just loved it. The only complaint I had was I felt like it was moving really fast. I wanted to slow down and look at everything. I wanted to see it all. Uh, so I really just enjoyed the heck out of it and became even a bigger fan after I have went. Uh, have not, of course, been to the parks since. Don't know if I'll ever get to the parks. They keep raising the prices of it. So I don't know if I'm ever going to get there again. But it made a great basis for a film. There's so much potential story in there, and they use it all in this movie. Uh, and if you're a fan of the ride like I am, I think you will enjoy this movie. So if you haven't gotten out there and see it and seen it yet, I do recommend it. Just go in there and have some fun. I mean, we're not trying to make an Oscar-worthy movie, other than maybe some of the effects. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go so, or sound design. Uh, and even the soundtrack, uh, even, it's very jazzy, but it, it has hints of Grim Grinning Ghosts in it. Send me a message. Send me an email. Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com or find us on Facebook or heck, Twitter even. Uh, although Twitter, I mainly just check out and you know, check in when I'm posting up episodes. Mind you, of course, you can find everything on our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. That's where you can find our shop, where, of course, I, I need to work on getting more merchandise, but you can find some logos and different uh, things show-related on T-shirts and different items, and you can help, you know, keep this show going. With that, of course, on Patreon, or by clicking on an affiliate link I have right there for my podcast reviews, where, hey, you know what? If you have a podcast, you can get all reviews, you know, all your international reviews sent to your 
email. It's a wonderful service, very inexpensive, definitely worth it. But we want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro. Of course, I know we thank them every week, but we are thankful for them. Uh, but now that wraps up the show. So, you know what? The only thing left to do is say to get lost. In an adventure. And I will see you very, very soon. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.